let's get started. So there's, I'm very, 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 very interested in mental health. It's my profession, and I think it's really important for all of us to have a handle on our mental health. And it's something that as we get older, we tend to forget about. We tend to think that it's old age setting in, creaky bones, being tired, things like that. So these 10 facts let us know that sometimes it's a little more than that, okay? So number one, one in five older adults experience mental health concerns that are not a normal part of aging. It is not normal to have anxiety or mood disorders such as depression. So I want you to know that just because we're getting older doesn't mean that we have to suffer through anxiety or feeling depressed or anxious or stressed out or anything like that. And these are the type of issues that getting help in some way will um, alleviate them. So if you have therapy or someone to talk to, activities to keep you busy, these things respond, um, help us respond well with our mental health. Number two, mental health problems are not a normal part of aging. Things like Alzheimer's is not a mental health problem. That is a physiology problem. That is a physiological disease. Mental health is something that we don't expect to have to deal with, especially as we get older. But it happens, and it's something that we can deal with and that can get better. Mental health is, an important, is as important as physical health. Untreated mental health disorders can lead to dis diminished functioning. It can lead to substance abuse. It can lead to poor quality of life and increased mortality. So if we let things like anxiety and depression in our older age get the better of us, then these things can really affect our standard of living. <clears throat> and we don't want that to happen. So that's why we're talking about it today. Healthy older adults can continue to thrive, grow, and enjoy life. Exercising our mind and body and maintaining social connections are good for your mental health. So our hope is that this phone call will help us help maintain the social connections. We're all in this together. We're all learning new things about ourselves, and hopefully we learn some things about other people as well. Mental health problems are a risk for older adults, regardless of history. Mental health problems can appear at any time throughout the lifespan. Issues can arise due to physical ailments and illnesses, as well as loss and sadness that may accompany life changes. So as we get older, you know, a lot of things happen. Our body changes. We end up with different illnesses that we're not used to. We also experience more loss as we get older because the people that we love and care about are getting older as well. And so those things are normal parts of life, but having a mental health issue come up from that is also normal. Not always expected but it's something that can happen. And it doesn't mean that it was in your background, that it's because your great grandma had bipolar disease, but nobody ever said it was. It's because life happens and sometimes we need help dealing with it. Suicide is a risk among older adults. Older adults have the highest rate of suicide. And that's a scary, statistic, but it has not changed in over 50 years. Older adults, particularly over the age of 65, have always been the highest risk of suicide. And that is really scary because there are, there are ways to help and ways to get help. Um, older adults can be helped with the same success as younger people. Treatment options can include psychotherapy, which is counseling, um, and or medication. Our health system is not adequately helping older adults with mental disorders. Medicare only covers about 50% of mental health problems. So that means, and also misdiagnosis and avoidance are common. Primary care physicians fail to diagnose depression about 50% of the time. So it's important to advocate for yourself. So Medicare is just now starting to come around and recognize how important mental health is throughout our lifespan, 
regardless of our age, how young we are or how old we are. It's important to assess our mental health to make sure that our doctors aren't missing something that can really transform our lives. So we have to make sure that we let them know, I'm not feeling like myself. I'm sleeping more often than usual. I'm crying. I get angry at every little thing. Those are things that can um, point to a mental health concern. And these mental health concerns are not lifelong diagnoses. There are things that we can work with and work through so that no one has to suffer from them for longer than they need to. And finally, older adults have unique mental health care needs. Physical, social, and situational changes later in life affect mental health. This goes back to how these problems can come up without any history or expectation of them because we have so many changes that happen later in life. You know, in our 40s and 50s, if we had children, we become empty nesters. They go off to live their life. We feel like we're not needed. Um, sometimes they come back with their own children. So then we're back to raising children when we weren't planning to. It affects our finances. It affects our mental state. It affects all aspects of our lives. Um, we lose people that we love, our spouses, sometimes our children, our siblings, best friends, things like that. It starts to happen more often the older we get. So these are things that seeking treatment for concerns that you have, even if you don't think it's a problem, it's worth doing. It's worth seeking treatment for them. So I'm going to unmute us, and I'm going to call on one person, and um, I'd like to have your take on one of these facts that we just discussed. So I am going to ask Miss Gloria Calvin, I'm going to unmute you. Ms. Gloria, can you hear us? Yes. What What yes, do you think, think about these? Ten, what do you think about these ten facts that I just went over? What is your take on it? Um, they are very interesting, and at least they're uh, brought to light for us to really think back, think about our situations, and and be willing to discuss this with our doctors or with our family members. This is very interesting. Thank you so much. I agree. It is very interesting. And it's stuff that we're not always comfortable sharing with other people. But right. hopefully in knowing that these are common things that happen to everyone, that it's okay to share. Yes. Yes, it is. All right. Thank you, Miss Gloria. Thank you. Um, let's see. I'm going to ask. Oh, you know what? I'm not sure I know whose name it is because it's just a phone number. I'm going to unmute Mr. Eddie. Oh, Mr. Yes, Eddie, yes, what is your take on these 10 facts that we just discussed? They're very interesting. Are you still there? What's Yes, sir. Was there one that you found particularly interesting? Well, the, the, all of them, really, because I hadn't given it much thought. Okay, that's fair. I don't think a lot of us have given it much thought. Um, what do you think about how common it is for older adults to experience anxiety and depression things like that? Well, it's not too surprising to me because I've been around them most of my life at one point or another. And you tend to see it and ignore it. That's the bad part about it. Yeah, that's an interesting point you bring up. It's very easy for us to ignore it. Do you find that maybe you were taught to ignore it or learned that it was supposed to be ignored? I think I learned that it was supposed to be ignored rather than being taught to ignore it. Oh, yeah. And it's really hard for us to unlearn things. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts, Mr. Eddie. I appreciate it. 
You're welcome. Okay, let's see. Some of my names on here just say wireless caller. <laughs> so I'm not sure who, um, how about I'm going to unmute everyone. Is there Hello? anyone else? Hello, everyone is unmuted. So give me just one second. Is there anyone else who would like to comment on these 10 facts about mental health and aging? Johnny, Elaine. Okay, Miss Elaine, what would you like to comment? Well, when I was a little younger than what I am now, I did try to commit suicide a couple of times. And that always failed. And uh, I was going to this place they call Ocean as an application, and they helped me out a lot. Uh, I do a lot of art and crafts again, you know, I started back with it, and I'm doing pretty good. Thank there you so much. that people can go to get help when they're feeling low and down and what have you and start thinking about the crazy things. There's somebody out there that's always there to help. Exactly. Thank you so much, Miss Elaine, for sharing your story with us. I know that's not easy to do, but it sounds like you found a, you, something in you told you to get that help and that now uh-huh. um, you have some tools to help you get through those times that led you to attempting suicide. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Well, the worst is my brother passed away. I'm sorry about that. Thank you for sharing with us. Um, I'd like to say, I didn't mention this at the beginning, but I'd like to say it now. Um, Whenever I am one of your hosts on these calls, we will be talking about some things that can get personal. So I'd like for everyone to remember that it is truly a blessing when people share their stories with us. And in order to honor that and to feel like this is a safe space, I'd like us all to hope that we can hold their stories in confidence and keep it private within this group and not share it with other people, at least not using people's names. Okay? Thank you so much. Is there anyone like else who wants to make a comment? Yes, ma'am. Who is that? Johnny. Miss Johnny. Thank Johnny. you, Miss Johnny. Yes, I'd like to share the uh, fact that says healthy older adults can continue to strive, grow, and enjoy life. Exercise in our mind and body and maintain the social connections are good for your mental health, and that's what I do. So I don't have a mental problem. I always make myself available to thrive, grow, and enjoy life by exercising my mind and body. So I haven't had a problem. And that's I wonderful. Thank you. So you're a testimony that physical activity and social connections make a difference in our mental health. Very big difference. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. I'd like to ask Mr. Lewis. You still with us, Mr. Lewis? Yeah, I'm good. What are your thoughts on these 10 facts that we shared? Uh, okay. You, know, you want to know about, like, um, my better health, probably, you mean? If you'd like to share about your mental health or if there's a particular fact that we sh- that I shared that um, surprises you, <clears throat> excuse me, or makes sense to you. Yeah, I don't mind sharing it because I'm a honest person, available. Uh, believe me, you know, my, my mental problem is like uh, I have low vision and uh, uh, we're hearing aids, but I understand when I wear hearing aids together. And uh, I have low vision loss. And uh, I just take it at a time. I've been patient. And I have a little bit of depression every now and then, you know, the going coming. What helps you with your one. depression? What helps you when you're feeling that way to help it go away? 
what helps when I listen to music and take my medicine and and I only believe in listening to like old school music. Uh, I don't believe in to rap music at all. I just listen to like a soft music. Give me time. Yeah. Wonderful. Music really is amazing. There's a lot of creative things that we'll talk about throughout the book that help with us in our mental in our mental health too. Thank you for sharing that with us, Mr. Lewis. I appreciate it. You too. All right. Is there anybody else who'd like to share about that before we move on to um, the little activity that we have? All right. So the next page in our worksheet, in our workbook, is an assessment. Assessing our satisfaction, basically our satisfaction in life. So it's important to know where we stand at different points in our life, right? This assessment is specifically how you've been feeling recently. So today, throughout COVID, this week when you might have done this assessment, um, so we can get an idea of if there's areas in our life that we're happy with or if there's areas that we want to change. So I hope that everyone has had a chance to do the assessment. Is there anyone that has not had a chance to do the assessment? They either didn't have help with it or forgot all about it? All right. So it sounds like everyone's been able to do it. So I'm just going to run through it real quick. It's on a scale of a negative three to a positive three, negative three being very unsatisfied with the situation, and a positive three being very satisfied. And it has all the different aspects of our lives, housing situation, our doctor or therapist, how we feel about them, about our medication, our hobbies and leisure activities, our meaningfulness of school and work and or work, our enjoyment of school and work, because getting meaning out of something doesn't always mean we're enjoying it. And so there's two different aspects. Our work-life balance, if we're still working. If not, it could be your volunteering or what you consider to be work. Our money and finances, that's a big stressor in a lot of people's lives. Um, so sometimes a lot of are very much not on the satisfied part of that scale. Our relationship with our family, our relationship with our friends, our romantic relationships, our sense of community, our energy and motivation, our overall health, our life purpose, and our overall quality of life. So I'm curious to know where some of you stand on this um, assessment rating scale. Is there anyone who would like to share one of their um, one of their scores, let's say, on the energy and motivation scale? What number did you give yourself on energy and motivation? Uh, my name is Catherine. And uh, I'm not too satisfied with myself with that one because uh, it's like I have no energy because of my illness. And uh, I suffer with chronic pain and chronic fatigue. And uh, I would like to get out there and do things and be with friends and family, you know, and, you know, do more. But it's like when I, I really can't plan anything because if I plan to go somewhere with my daughter or my grandson or friends or anybody, uh, if I get if I have pain or get fatigued, I can't go. So uh, that's what I'm fighting with right now. Yes, ma'am. So where would you find yourself on the scale? Are you at a negative three or are you? No, a negative two. No, I, 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 I didn't want to put myself at a negative three, but a negative two because I'm not really satisfied with it and I can't see uh, what can I do to, you know, to get better with that because that's just something I've been living with for about over ten years, you know. Oh, wow. Yeah, chronic pain can be really debilitating and really throw a wrench into our lives. 
And Thank I don't want to take medication. You know, I don't, I don't like to take a lot of medication because I don't want to be hooked on it. So it's just part of life. Right. Well, thank you for sharing that. Is there anyone else whose their energy and motivation they find has been a concern for them? Yeah, Eddie speaking. Yes, sir. Yeah, I, feel, I feel much like she does. Sometimes it's way up there and sometimes it's way down there. And it's due to my condition and the medications I'm taking. And right now I'm having a battle with the medication. Yeah, thank you for sharing. I really appreciate the warning on that one. So, you know, we're not alone in this, you know, just because we find um, that we're not happy in a certain respect, we can maybe take some comfort knowing that it's not just me. Other people right. the same way. And that leads us to feel um, normal, you know, even if our bodies aren't treating us normally, at least we know, like, hey, I'm not the only one that has to deal with this. Maybe I can reach out and, and find other people who are, you know, suffering with the same thing or enjoying the same things, and that's what we're hoping that this is for. Thank you so much, Mr. Eddie um, and Ms. Catherine for, for sharing the, that with us. You're welcome. Is there anyone that puts a three, a very, satisfi- very satisfied on one of their scales? My name is Betty, and um, I am very satisfied with my housing situation, my doctor. Um, I try to keep busy. Uh, I volunteer uh, at several different places. Um, I try to walk. Um, I'm, I talk to my family members every day. So I try to keep myself um, busy doing things even if I live alone. So, But I do try to keep myself busy doing other things, hobbies and what have you. So I have threes on I'm basically satisfied overall with my with my life and my health. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so it sounds like a lot of people didn't say a three, Miss Betty. You did did share that, but I'm sure a lot of us are in between that zero to three range where we're kind of just, eh, this part's okay, this could be better, this part's not so bad, or this part is really bad. So down at the bottom of that form was three areas of your life that you'd like to improve, and then three areas, three ideas for tangible ways that you can make progress in improving those aspects of our lives. And that's just to give us an idea of what you have power and control over. And sometimes it might seem like we don't have any control over things like our finances. Sometimes we're on a fixed income, things, you know, programs get cut, people need money, we have bills to pay, so it doesn't feel like we really have control over that. If that's an area in your life that you would like to improve, I would challenge you to sit and think about all of the possibilities that are out there to help improve that, even if they seem so far-fetched and don't make any sense, like I would win the lottery, or my great-great-great-great-uncle that I never knew of was a billionaire and left me his fortune when he died. You know, anything like that. I would challenge all of you to come up with at least three things um, and talk to someone that you trust, a family member, your doctor, or someone that you can talk to about these three things you'd like to improve and what you think is possible for you to do about it because there is a way. And some of that is just, you know, once this quarantine is done and we're feeling safe to come out of our houses more, getting out there with other people, finding the resources in the community. Um, If you go on the Family Strong Foundation page, Facebook, Instagram, all of that, we're always posting about things that can help us in our life because the Family Strong mission is to improve life satisfaction of the family, to help us gain um, a hold of our finances and live a better life. So I'm going to encourage you all to think about three areas that you would like to improve and how you can make that progress. And 
in two weeks when we meet again, we can review that before we move on to our next topic. How does that sound? Good. That's good. All right. So now I see that Ms. Deborah has joined the call. Ms. Deborah, are you with us? Yes, I Deborah. am. Uh, are you there? Listen, let me myself. Can there you, you are. Can you hear me now? Okay. Yes, yeah. ma'am. So I Ms. Deborah, and I was already on mute. Okay, no problem. Ms. Deborah, so you guys will pull out your your small booklet from United Healthcare. Ms. Deborah is going to go over the Live Heart Smart, and um, Ms. Catherine, this I think it was Ms. Catherine who shared. The, the pain issues and stuff. Ms. Deborah yes. might have some ways for us okay. to talk about. So right now we're going to know, we're going to do learning our, knowing our numbers, and then the next time we meet, next week Ms. Shonda will be on the phone with you guys doing some more fun stuff, and then the week after that it'll be me and Ms. Deborah again. Okay? So I'm okay. going to pass this over to Ms. Deborah. I'm going to mute everyone. Ms. Deborah... I will unmute you, and then you can go ahead and say your part, okay? Okay. Thank you, everyone. Give me one second. Okay, good evening, everyone. My name is Deborah Jones, and I'm a community outreach specialist for United Healthcare Community Plan. Uh, today, we're going to begin four-part series of the Live Heart Smart program. So I hope everyone has the booklet that was in your package. It's titled Live Heart Smart and Jumpstart Your Health. It has a, a man on the, the front of it drink with a water bottle in his hand. He's drinking water. So um, I do need some of the, the first part we're going to do is a little, it's participatory. So I would like everybody to participate. So the Live Heart Smart program is, is just a way I'm getting a little interference. Can you hear anything? Can you hear okay? I hear a lot of static. Can y'all hear me okay? Yes. Well, everyone's on mute. Can you hear me? I can hear you, but I hear a lot of it's like a static or something. It's not happening now. So, um, But I would like everybody to participate in the first part. If you would turn to page three, uh, just open the book. It's, it'll be the first page. It says three at the bottom. And there are like seven icons surrounding a heart. So if everybody has that page. And we'll start at the top of the page. So the Live Heart Smart program is a way, uh, what we want to do is give you some tips, information, uh, advice, and help, and help you become heart healthy and to make those small changes in your lifestyle that will help you to conquer things like chronic pain. Not to, I've experienced chronic pain in my life, so, but it helps to reduce it to help to manage it better. So we want to be able to use the tips in this book to live a healthier life. So if everybody would look at that page with the heart on it, the first icon at the top of it, can somebody tell me what you think that is, the little blue and white? Water. What, what is that? Water. Water. So, and so, yes, yeah, perfect. And that means that we need to make an effort to drink enough water every day. A lot of people don't realize that we do not hydrate properly and get not drinking any kind of liquid but pure water every day. That makes a difference even in pain management. So and, um, usually what do they Sorry, so, you got everybody got muted. Start again, Ms. Um, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Well, I said what is usually recommended is eight eight cups today, but I'll give you a better measurement. It's based on your weight. Because some people who may uh, maybe a larger 
person or weigh more or maybe a smaller stature person and don't weigh as much. But if you drink half your weight in ounces, that's a good gauge of what's going to properly hydrate you. So let's look at what that means. So let's just say you weigh 100 pounds, okay? So each day you should drink half of that weight, which would be 50, right, in ounces. So 50 ounces. So you can round it off to the nearest eight, 48. You know, if you divide that by eight, it's like six glasses for a person who's six, seven glasses for a person who's weighs 100 pounds. But if that person weighs 200 pounds, we just doubled it. Now it's 12 glasses, so it's more than the, the eight. So you need to kind of look at ways to hydrate yourself better. Make sure you're drinking enough water. If you're having problems with constipation, then you know you need to drink more water. Okay? What's the next icon? You see that little next to the water? What's the next one? They're on mute, Miss. Um Miss Deborah, you can okay. star six. If someone would like to answer, okay. you can star six to unmute yourself. Apple. Okay, and so what do you think that means? Fruits. Okay, that means eat fruits. That's that's about it's about what you eat. Uh, so eat you want to get ample amount of fruits and vegetables. And so everybody remembers the, the, the slogan. It says, what, apple a day keeps the doctor away? So, so basically we're talking about what we eat and how much of what we eat. We'll be talking about that as we move on in the series. Okay, so the next icon, can somebody tell me what, if you want to unmute yourself and tell me what that next icon represents. Start Was that that's Miss Johnny? No alcohol. No alcohol. Okay. No alcohol or limit alcohol. So you want to limit the alcohol intake because that has a detrimental effect on your your health if you drink too much alcohol or if you mix alcohol with medications that you're taking. So you have to be aware of the effects that alcohol will have on 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 your lifestyle, on your health. Okay, great. What about the next one? Somebody can tell me what that one is. I'm going to unmute. Oh, Miss Marley, I don't think you have our our book. Let's see. Smoking. Right. Smoking. Okay. And that's a common sign we see in stores and the air in the air on the air at the airport in the buildings about no smoking. But not smoking makes a difference in your health. The nicotine and the addictive part of smoking has so many effects on our health. Just just getting it out makes a big difference in the mechanics will extend your life. Okay, so the next one, under smoke, no smoking sign, what's that one? Good sleeping habits. Good sleeping habits, that's right. We should get our Z's. This is one, this is one thing, this is one habit many, many of us neglect. I neglect it. And I have learned, I read a wonderful book, and it's called Why We Sleep. And once I read that book, Why We Sleep, I understand how important sleep is in our life. A, a lot of people don't realize if you get enough sleep in your life and you may have a weight management problem, you can lose weight by getting enough sleep. So what is enough sleep? It could be somewhere in, from six to eight hours a night, and it's, and it's different for every person, okay? So I couldn't tell you definitely you need eight hours of sleep. You could probably get by, you may be able to get by with seven, but no less than six. So one of the topics we're going to do after we finish this four series is we will talk more specifically about 
the importance of sleep and how to develop good sleep habits. Okay, the next one. What's the next icon? Somebody tell me what that is. Exercise. Exercise. That's right. We want to be able to to give proper exercise, and not only just setting aside a, a time side during the day to do exercise specifically, but find ways to be active and to move on a regular basis. Sitting. Uh, uh, we have come to learn through the research that just sitting all day is really detrimental to our health. A lot of people who work and at a desk and sit all day without moving and getting up, they can damage their their body. It can cause, sitting all day can also cause chronic pain. So it's important that even though we may feel chronic pain and we try small ways in which to move. And it's nothing more than maybe stretching um, and getting up, walking around. There, there are even exercises that we can talk about, and we'll talk about that when we get to exercise, about things that we can do even sitting in our chairs. Okay, and the last one, that one's kind of hard, <laughs> that last one. Can anybody guess what that is? <laughs> I sit, I get different answers, so I take them all. Is it a tape measure? It's a tape measure. Yes, that's what we've come to. Most people believe it's a tape measure, and that is where we're going to go in today talking about knowing your numbers, okay? All right, so let's go on to the next page five. You'll see in the table of contents, today we're going to be talking about blood pressure, cholesterol, resting heart rate body mass index, body weight, and how to measure your body. And then we have a checklist that you can use when you go to your doctor or you have a caregiver in your home or family member who can help you uh, understand your numbers better. Okay? So I'm going to skip over to page 9, and we'll just talk a little bit about blood pressure. Everybody's probably been to the doctor, and usually when you go for a checkup, that's the first thing that the doctor will do is take your blood pressure. There are two numbers. The, the top number is called the systolic pressure number, and it measures how your heart, your blood vessels are working when your heart beats. So every time your heart beats, it measures how hard those blood vessels are working. And the bottom number is that called diastolic pressure, and that one is the number. It measures how hard your blood vessels are working when your heart is resting between the beats. So, of course, when it's resting, it's, you're going to have fewer beats, okay? So um, the standard has come to be known to be 120 over 80, okay? Um, that may not apply to everyone. Your doctor, once you go to your doctor, they may be satisfied with 130 over 90 or 140 over 90. Uh, so it all depends on what your overall health is, what the goals are, what your history is, and even what your heritage is. Uh, in particular, for African Americans, uh, we are descendants of slaves, Africans who were brought over to the United States in slave ships, and at, when they were brought over, they were not fed uh, or drank water. So many starved and uh, died of thirst on the way. Those who survived were the Africans who had a tendency toward high blood pressure. So what does that, does that mean? They were able to retain, because of the salt in their bodies, they were able to retain the, the, the water, and their blood pressure actually saved them, the high blood pressure. So that is genetic in us as African Americans that we may have a tendency toward high blood pressure, which is make anything over the 120 over 80. So just keep that in mind. So usually the normal is 120 over 80. 
usually they can, it's considered high, near high blood pressure if it's between 120 and 139 over the 80 and 89. And then high blood pressure if it's 140 over 90 or higher. Okay? So, but the best way to, to, to determine if your blood pressure issue is definitely to check with your doctor. And I hope if you don't have uh, a blood pressure monitor, I would hope that everyone can check with their doctors about getting one. Because not only is it important that when you go to the doctor they take your blood pressure, but this is something you should be doing yourself every day. Because a lot of times we have what they call white coat syndrome. I get it. When I go to the doctor, my blood pressure seems to spike up right away. And then I go like, well, doc, my doctor, my blood pressure isn't like that all the time. And that's because I, I get nervous when I go to the doctor. And so what you want to be able to do is to record your blood pressure every day and tell your doctor what it normally is. The best way to record your blood pressure every day is to do it at the same time every day. So uh, one of the things for your homework is to, I would like everyone to check with your doctor because a lot of your insurance companies, if you have coverage with Medicare or Medicaid, your doctors may be able to, to provide you a blood pressure monitor at no charge. And it, they may just need to write a prescription. Or a lot of times, a lot of doctors' offices have blood pressure monitors in their office just to, to give away to people who need them. So it doesn't hurt to ask if you can get a blood pressure monitor and then be able to take your blood pressure every day. And you want to take it at the same time every day. I recommend first thing in the morning when you wake up to take your blood pressure. Uh, that's when I try to take mine every day at the same time. But you can choose a day if you want to do it uh, in the afternoon or in the evening. Just make sure it's the same time every day, okay? All right, the next page we'll go to is 11. We'll talk about cholesterol. Uh, this is another test that your doctor will have to do. So at your, your next, uh, usually when you go for a checkup, you're going to get a cholesterol test, uh, and the doctors will tell you, well, it's high or low. So there's different types of cholesterol, good and bad. Um, and the, the bad kind is called LDL. That's the initials, LDL. And the good one is the HDL. So if you're eating foods with bad cholesterol, they can cause it to build up in your arteries, and that would uh, bring your blood in to your heart and brain and makes it go up, and this could cause a heart attack. If you're eating foods with good cholesterol, it helps avoid heart attacks, and these foods carry bad cholesterol to your liver. Your liver removes it then from your body. So to control your cholesterol levels, you want to eat less foods that have what they call saturated fats or especially trans fats. So... I am a big advocate of people eating real butter rather than margarine because real butter is not artificial. Margarine is is an artificial, uh, I can't even say it's a nutrient. It's just an artificial food stuff that we put into our body, and it does clog your body. So the you wanted to go real butter, just use it in moderation. Uh, you want to stick to good fat uh, to cook with, uh, like coconut oil, because they they don't clog up your arteries, like even canola oil. And the reason why I'm not a fan of canola oil, and, this, and we'll talk more about this when we talk about different foods, there are certain foods that have are what they call genetically modified. Has anybody ever heard the term GMO, genetically modified organisms? These are foods that have been manufactured or planted and grown by farmers, and they change the genetic makeup of it by what they use. They may use pesticides and things that are not safe for our bodies. So you want to find foods that are are non-GMO because those are the foods that are more natural for your body. 
Okay. So you want to eat foods that are that have saturated that are saturated that are have no trans fats in them. And the thing is, another thing is, you want to be physically active. Um, that helps to raise your good cholesterol. And we talked about it earlier. You don't you want to avoid smoking. That also affects your cholesterol. And you can lose weight. And I'm not talking about losing 150 or 100 pounds. Even a weight loss of 5 to 10 pounds can make a difference in your health. So you can make those small changes and really help to reduce the cholesterol levels in your body. Let's talk about resting heart rate. This is one way that you can learn, that you can determine if the changes that you're making are really making a difference in your lifestyle. If you buy, if you have a blood pressure monitor, you'll notice it gives you three numbers. It'll give you that, uh, the two numbers for your blood pressure, like the 120 over 80 or maybe 140 over 90 or whatever. And then there's another number on the side. That's your heart rate. So if you're taking your blood pressure every morning at the same time before you get out of bed, that number is your resting heart rate. Why is resting heart rate important? It's because it tells us how hard your heart is working when you're at rest. This could range from 50 to 100 beats per minute, and it varies from different person, one person to the other. Okay, so just because I have a resting heart rate of 50 doesn't mean I'm any healthier than a person with a resting heart rate of 80. But you want to be consistent. So what I want to do right now is just show you how you can determine your heart rate yourself. Um, probably the easiest way is just to take your pulse. Uh, for a whole minute, or you can take your pulse for 10 seconds and multiply that by six. Also, if you have a smartphone, you can download an app that's called Resting, called Heart Rate, and it will take it for you. You just place that finger, your finger, index finger over the camera lens, and it will measure it for you. So the best way to find your resting heart rate, and we can do it right now, is if you would take your two fingers, the index and your the finger next to your index, and run it down your neck on the side of your neck until you can feel a pulse beating in your neck. And if you can't find it there, the other thing you can do is you can try to look for the pulse in your wrist. So if everyone's taking your pulse and seeing if you can feel that heartbeat. Okay, I'm going to hope that everyone's found a heartbeat. And I'm going to time it for one minute, and then I want you to tell me what that heart rate is after one minute. Okay, so if everybody has a heart rate, we can begin now. Okay, we can stop. Anybody tell me what? how many beats you got? 75. 75, great. 70. 70, okay. Mine was 78. So what you want to do is, if you don't have the, if you have the blood pressure monitor, then what I would like you to do, you should have a journal that you got from United Healthcare. 
a little gray journal uh, every day for this until we talk again, which will be again in two weeks. Let's try to, if you can get your blood pressure taken, write that down every day. But at least let's do your resting heart rate. It's going to be hard to remember first thing in the morning because you're going to get up and you're going to start moving around and go like, oh, I was supposed to do my resting heart rate. So if you can try to remember as soon as you wake up in the morning to, uh, to count that heartbeat for a minute to see what your resting heart rate is, okay, and record that. Write that down every day. And so then you're going to, now you're going to, for the next two weeks you do this, you're going to have an average resting heart rate that you have currently. As you begin to make changes in your lifestyle, uh, reducing the amount of sugar you're taking, um, cutting down on smoking, drinking, uh, exercising more, moving more. As you make those changes, you can kind of measure that, not just by looking at your weight, okay? So I don't want everyone to get caught up on oh, the scale that I get on. That's the biggest thing on being healthy. No, we want to look at something like this resting heart rate, which will give you an indicator. As it goes down, you can see that your heart is going to be healthier. It's an indication that you're getting to be more healthier with your heart. Um, I think when I started, my heart rate, resting heart rate was around 70, 80. And even now today, when I know I'm stressed out, I wake up in the morning with a resting heart rate between 80 and 100. So that tells me a couple things. I'm stressed out over something, or believe it or not, I'm not getting enough sleep. Because if you don't get enough sleep, it affects your resting heart rate. That affects your heart. So make sure you're getting enough sleep. So a lot of times my problem is, when my resting heart rate is high, because my average is around 65, 66, okay, so if I'm going up to 80, then I know, okay, I'm cheating on my sleep. Instead of getting my six, my six or seven hours like I should, I may be getting four or five. That's not healthy for me. So I need to make an effort to get back on track and to get more sleep. Or maybe I'm skipping some days on going for a walk, doing my stretching like I should. Those are the things that will affect your heart rate. So you want to do your best to lower that resting heart rate. Okay, let's go to the next page, um, 13. We'll talk about body mass index. Uh, this is something that your doctor also can help you with um, or someone. You can also look up uh, if you have a a smartphone on a computer, you can uh, do the body mass index, you can uh, Google BMI calculator and it will help you calculate your body weight, your body mass index, which is a formula using your body weight and your height. Okay, and the instructions are in a book there how you could do it, but the best thing to do is that you can get your doctor or caregiver to help you determine what that body mass index is. Okay, and then on that last page, on page 14, that says know your number, there's a little checklist. And what you want to do is look at that checklist and try to fill that out to the best of your ability. If you don't have a scale, then you would probably have to wait till you go to your doctor to do that. So the weight, you want, and the reason why we're writing this down initially, because you want to see if you're going to make any changes your weight, your blood pressure, your cholesterol, your body fat, which is the same as the BMI, and your resting heart rate. So some of the resting heart rate, you're going to do an average of as you record it every day. And then your body measurement uh, and the instructions are right there by how to measure your waist, your hips, your thighs, and your chest. This is just baseline data to where you're starting at to see how the changes that you begin to make are going to be affected, okay? And the last thing I want to tell you is always check with your doctor, you know, especially if you want to change some things in your lifestyle to make sure these recommendations are good for you. Um, 
You need a checkup from your doctor if you've not been physically active in over a year. If you're over 65 years old and you don't exercise, if you're pregnant or going to have a baby, which I think most of us not, <laughs> and if you have chest pains, dizziness, or fainting. Okay. So next time that we talk, we're going to start talking about how to make a complete workout. We're going to we're gonna, I'm going to do the best to describe you some exercises, and I may have to send you some information on some stretching exercises that I do uh, to help keep me physically active member. As we age, the most important thing is flexibility, okay? So being able to stretch your body in a way that makes it flexible for you, okay? Did anybody have any questions or comments? I'm going to go ahead and unmute everyone, and you can, okay, you're all unmuted. If you have a question, please say your name. Johnny. Miss Johnny, yes, ma'am. What is your question? I'd like to, I would like for Debbie to share with us the normal cholesterol rate. Okay. That's a question I couldn't answer. Your doctor is going to have to answer. No, no, not that mine. For not you. mine. What is what is the, what is the actual no? You know, the range of cholesterol to be normal. Mm. I believe that depends on a lot of factors. It it does. It really is. It's, I couldn't tell you. It would have to be something that the doctor would measure in the office, and they have comparisons based on your age uh, and, and your health status and your weight, right. And so it would be hard for me to tell you what it is for you because I don't have all that. Data. No, not for, not for me. You know, like they said, if your cholesterol go over 200 or 250, mm -hmm. 150, because I have a brother that cholesterol is 145, and I have mm -hmm. one brother that cholesterol is too hard, over two, 300. Mm -hmm. But that's the difference. What cholesterol rate will signify a heart disease? Right, but the difference is... Yeah, the difference is it has to be under the, the the direction and the care of your doctor for you specifically. So what your cholesterol rate is based on your health status compared to what your brother or someone else has. Can't you can't compare them because there are so many variables. So I was into wondering what the range is. What are you talking about? Well, the range can go from... You know, on the, on the lab, you have, you have a, a, a range of the reading when you do lab work. And that's going to be, so be based on... The range of this to this. Right, and your range, when you get your report, your range is going to differ, be different from what I would get on my report because it's based on my age, my height, my weight, and everything else. So it would be difficult for me to tell you what, what's good okay. for you. All right. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Are there any other questions before we um, begin to close out for the evening? Any questions on what we talked about before on the mental health and aging? All right. Well, I want to thank everyone for participating. Ms. Deborah, thank you for joining us. I'd like to thank the St. Landry Evangeline United Center for the money to make this call this program and to United Healthcare Community Plan for covering the postage for all the packages that we were able to send out with your workbooks and everything. So next week, Ms. Shonda will be back on the line and she'll be talking about taking time for yourself and there'll be some creative exercises for y'all to do um, to flex that creative muscle, which is also very important with mental health. And then when Ms. Deborah and I are back with you. It'll be in two weeks, um, and we'll be talking about exercise and how mental health and exercise also go hand in hand. So there are some um, pages in the workbook um, 
that discuss mental health and exercise, some questions for you to ask yourself, some things that you might already be doing, some things you would like to start incorporating, maybe don't know how, and we can discuss all of that. Again, I'd like to thank you all for being so open and sharing and joining us again today um, and being considerate and respectful of all of us on the call. Um, if there's no other questions or comments, then we can go ahead and call it a night. Your next meeting is Monday, June 15th, so that's this coming Monday, and that's with Dr. Shonda.